you're either you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard. It is episode 19 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast coming your way, presented by Explore Minnesota. I'm Ben Gislason. He's Joey Goldstein, and we are into the throes of the offseason now. June is here. My golf game is faltering in a big way, as it always does this time of year. Hot start in May. Yeah, you warned, feeling good. You warned us yep, that this is yep, going to happen. It's happening. start great, yeah, and it's then happening. around June, July, it gets really bad, and then you stop playing for the year. Usually, there's a really big gap between July and August. Yeah. And then I'll try it on, like, September comes around right before the season starts, and I'm like, I'm going to get a few more rounds in. Those go usually really well. And stops me from just quitting altogether. Tough. Gets me excited for May again Tough. after the season. So, yes, it's going exactly according to plan. Well, the beard game is coming in strong. Well, we're working on that. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Every broadcaster is taught at the end of a season, you you update your demo reel, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and so I update mine, and there's an on-camera portion of it from our MC22 games, and I watched it. Very happy with it. But... I look a little bit like I'm 20 years old when I when the camera gets on me and the light gets on me. And Liam McHugh did this a few years ago, the the fantastic host of mm-hmm. what was NBC now, NHL on TNT, where he went beard glasses. I'm a glasses wearer, so I'm gonna tinker with it this summer a little bit here and see if I don't find a look that maybe helps add a few more years. It's weird to the say new, out loud, new right? New look, Benny G, coming <laughs> at you maybe, this fall. Maybe. Be ready. So this is about a week. <laughs> um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see here. It's going to be – if it isn't going to be anything, it'll be tapered. Maybe try to find that Henrik Lundqvist beard look. I don't know if I can get it that thick or not, though. Or Richard Bachman. He's got mm. a great tapered – professional beard um so we'll see I, i'm not sold a, on it yet we're gonna get but. a whole new personality out of ben it's gonna be a completely different person this is gonna be great you guys should be excited yeah, yeah. plenty to be excited about today though um uh, our first player guest uh well i guess Mermis was it felt like the end of the season this yeah, is really this is the off season the kickoff to yes. our season two you could say of the yeah. podcast right Yeah, you could call it that damon hunt uh an intriguing guest not only on the ice but off the ice to really I would say the most unique personality in the wild dressing room from last year. Uh, he'll be back again next year on, on the contract he's on. I'm sure he has plans to get some National Hockey League games in, and I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if he does. So we're excited to have uh, Damon introduced to all of you. He's certainly been introduced in a few different fashions throughout the course of the 2022-23 season, but a really fun interview with Damon coming your way. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, as we always do, let, let's get the podcast off the ground. Let's get the wheels on the bus moving. And what do we got to get to in our intro here today, Joey? I think the big things, obviously, in the hockey world right now, uh, before we dive into some of the Iowa Wild news, which we want to get to, um, Stanley Cup just wrapped up, Calder Cup well underway. So let's start with the Stanley Cup since that one's completed now. Vegas has won in convincing fashion, I think, which Jeez, is was it? just tough after the game. You kind of hear all the stuff that Florida was banged up and going through here. And, you know, Matthew Kachuk with a broken sternum, couldn't get out of bed, but still played game four and just, just guys playing, you know, I saw today Brandon Montour playing with a torn labrum, so he's going to be out for three months. So you got guys like Aaron Ekblad, who's got a broken foot, and a lot of this stuff happened in their opening series against Boston. They've been just battling through the entire time, so it's really, really impressive. But at some point, you just run out of steam, and I wonder if that layoff got to them a little bit. I think Bobrovsky was just lighting the world on fire, standing on his head, and then just that little delay can throw you right out of that rhythm, and that seems to kind of be what happened. But 
Um, I mean, credit to Vegas. Vegas was mm. unbelievable. It was so hard to play against, but it was uh, it was entertaining to watch, I think. Yeah, I wish it would have gone longer um, just because I that series had such juice to it going in, and it was such a – it was such a uh, not bizarre is the wrong word, but it was it was off the wall. It was Vegas yeah. and Miami essentially. Yeah. That which for the growth of hockey is exceptional. That that were what was the two teams that were playing in the final, and you had two incredible stories with the the the, the Panthers being the last team in and then setting the world on fire, as you said, on the way to potentially winning a cup, and then you had Vegas, who I know I slept on them. And they were the number one team in the West, but I, I, I didn't. I didn't for whatever reason. I didn't look at them, and even though they clearly were the best team in the yeah. playoffs, like they really were. But for whatever reason, I didn't. When I was at the beginning of the playoffs, looking at the teams, one that I picked at the beginning of the season as my front runner, I thought the New York Rangers. If I had to pick a team, they seemed like the team that might have been the most ready for it. Was not correct, but mm-hmm. I was looking at them out east a little bit. Um, I, I, I was certainly looking at um, I, I was I was looking at Boston out east. It looked it looked it felt like east. It felt east. That's where all the horses were. Yeah, but maybe right? that was their doom. Was they beat each other up mm-hmm. on the way there? Clearly, as we as we talk about all the key injuries the Panthers had, mm-hmm. it was such a war to get to that final. Not that it wasn't for Vegas. I mean, they beat some terrific teams on the way in. An Edmonton Oilers team, I thought that sure had a great chance at maybe yeah. being a, a Cup winner too. Um, but it, it it was it was a story of. Like I'm sure there has been another Stanley Cup Finals where one team got the bounces in terms of they were healthiest and they got to put out their best lineup night in night out and Florida Couldn't did put out their lineup but I mean yes they lost Lewis to Ryan in as well I thought he was a pretty good complimentary player for them in that Carolina series specifically and then the Kachuk injury they weren't Kachuk's not five goals. It's no, not going to make the difference, but, but that's a big heart and soul piece to totally, lose in a big totally. game. So it's yeah. To me, you had said like I don't why people slept on Vegas, and and I agree with you. I feel like people did, but when you look back on it, you like, like why why oh, would you no sleep on reason. Vegas? If you had looked at like the preseason Stanley Cup odds, it, like Colorado was your favorite, and it obviously ended up fizzling out because of injuries. But your next two highest favorites in the West, one of those was Vegas. They had the next best odds of any team not in the East. So, like, why did we not expect that? Florida was another team who had mm-hmm. extremely high odds going into the season who nobody expected to, and you know, they come in as the eighth seed. And they make it to the finals. You're like, well, we should have known about this because at the beginning of the season, everybody <laughs> thought this is where they were going to be. So it's just it's crazy how things shake out. But, um, you know, it's fun to see a team like Vegas win only six years in existence, two trips to the finals. Once they win, they become kind of a mainstay. They do a great job, obviously, from an entertainment standpoint. That place is just buzzing nonstop. So uh, that was cool to see. And then on the AHL side of things, you got another newcomer making an impact right away with Coachella Valley. Now up, I think at this point, it's two to one in the yeah. Call as, we, as we so. record this uh, podcast, yeah, they just last night. Well, it was almost a, a, a route, and mm-hmm. then they came flying back late and tied it. it I think it was 4-1 at one point, I believe, and then they scored late in the game three times, tied it, and then Hershey, Hershey found a way to win it in overtime. But pretty authoritative wins in the opening two games, considering you do not give up a goal. And I think it was 5-0, 4-0. I yeah. think those were the yeah, scores. Yeah, they were, the they were a lot. Games. And you wonder, like, obviously, <laughs> that's, that's a massive 
cross-country change, especially for a team like Hershey. I guess you could say Coachella too. With they don't Hershey doesn't come out west. Coachella no. doesn't go out east, so that's different for them. Um, the it sounds like the environments in both places was outstanding as well. I mean, I over can imagine. 10, I can only over speak 10, to, to 11, Coachella 000, Valley. But. Ten thousand, eleven thousand people a night in both barns. That's that's something. Yeah, those games when we were out there in March were electric. A Friday, Saturday night, so it was juiced. And um, similarly to when you talk about Vegas and the show they put on, uh, I was really impressed by what they did in Palm Springs and, mm-hmm. and that game environment and the fan base there was excellent. So, um, and, and the one thing I would bring up with, with Palm Springs and, and with the Firebirds is – what I, what I love about that team is they have that perfect blend of prospects and veterans. You're seeing Max McCormick, who's having a career year professionally, uh, and he's leading the way. He's their captain. Um, you're Andrew Podorowski, who actually got injured in that series against us in March. Came back. Uh, and Came back, and he's been giant mm-hmm. for them. Uh, but then, and I'm going to allude to something Brett McLean, our new head coach, said in, in one of his press conferences in the American Hockey League, you need the veterans. You need the McCormicks. You need the Podorowskis. For us last year, you need the Mermises. You need the Hicketts. You need these guys. But to win, you have to win with your prospects. And that's what that's what Coachella Valley's doing. Jesper Froden, Riker Evans is having a sensational playoff. He's a, he's mm-hmm. a high draft pick defenseman for them. Uh, Ty Cartier, who was the rookie of the year. Those These are all their prospects, and that's the meat of their team now. Yep. So that looking at that through the wilds lens and all the prospects that we supposedly have coming in now in this number one ranked prospect pool that the Minnesota wild have the ship, I think would be sailing in a very good direction to, to try to follow that model that we've seen from Coachella Valley. And your core is your prospects. You sprinkle in the right veterans and maybe you have a team that can make a deep run. Yeah. And I think that kind of trickles ourselves into the the last subject we really want to hit on. in this intro is that veteran presence and, just last week it was we just announced that Michael Leary's coming back mm-hmm. which is a big piece for us for a number of reasons one for the veteran side of things but from a, a center depth perspective I mean he was a guy who seemed like anytime we needed to win a face-off last year he was the guy who was out on the ice it was almost exclusively at times the, the guy that that if they needed it he was the guy mm-hmm. without question and he he is a complete driver in so many spaces of the game um, I don't think anybody had any designs for him to be a power play guy, and by the end of the year, he was, he was not only to not only guy. to win faceoffs, but it, some power plays you will see a faceoff guy come out, win the draw, and then Get they'll off. go to the bench. He was staying out yeah. there, and he was contributing on the power yeah. play. Um, so that's a big signing for a team that we all think is probably going to be on the younger side. And Mike O'Leary probably was signed last off season. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm putting words in Mike Murray's mouth on this one a bit, but to be a depth player and to be a centerman and to win faceoffs, he's proven to be more than that. Had a mm-hmm. career year in goals, a career year in assists, a career year in points. Um, he's likely earned a nice bump in salary with that mm-hmm. season he had last season and he deserves it. And now as this team gets younger and he gets a year older, he knows Des Moines, he knows the team, he knows how this place is run. He's going to be dependent on that much more to not only try to continue to contribute like he did with the offensive numbers he played in last year with winning faceoffs, but also helping to shepherd some of these younger players into pro hockey and continue to cultivate this young crop of, of players that we're all excited to see this season. Yeah, it's I'm, it's nice to have, obviously, those familiar faces. Um, you just, you know, you hope that, 
history kind of can repeat himself, right? You hope that he has just as good of a year this coming year as he did in this past season. So a lot to just, we say it a lot. There's just a lot to be excited about, a lot to look forward to with what we're going to see on the ice this year. Um, but yeah, expecting it to be prospect driven. And this probably won't be the only veteran we see come in over the next couple of weeks, especially as we hit free agency. I hope so. not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope not. We need a few of those guys. Yeah. Um, but speaking of prospects and speaking of guys that had marvelous years, uh, Damon Hunt, and he jumped off the page early and often, and he just was constantly getting better. And he started the year, at least from my eyes, as somebody that I was blown away by. And then by about midway through the season, the secret was out and Russo was Michael Russo. The athletic was tweeting about him. Um, You were hearing his name come up in conversations. Um, He ended up being a black ace call up at the end of the season. I don't know if that was what Minnesota had in mind when he came in, but this was a 20 year old who was playing against men. He was playing against top lines Mm -hmm. night in night out. Yes. He was frequently paired with a veteran defenseman. He played a lot with Joe Hicketts last year, but this is a, a guy who carried his weight in gold for his rookie campaign. And I've always thought that some of the greatest leaps you're going to see from a player's development come between year one and year two, because mm-hmm. year one, you're a little bit bright eyed and bushy tail, you know and it's expect. new. Now he's coming back. He's got a full year under his belt, a really successful year under his belt. So he's going to have confidence. He knows that the organization's looking at him. He knows that he might be on the cusp of being that seven or that eighth D up in Minnesota this year and realizing that dream playing in that first NHL game. So um, he's going to be salivating about that opportunity. And that's only to me going to make that much more of a dangerous Damon Hunt when he likely plays the lion's share of his games in Iowa this year. We talked about things and we were talking about Vegas, right? Things that shouldn't be a surprise. It, I, I would say he probably coming into the season, I don't think anybody expected him to be like, this is going to be our top defensive prospect in the or- like in yeah. the organization ice down in Iowa this past year. I don't think anybody thought that going into the year, just given all the depth that we had and whatnot. But it then, almost felt like the door was open. Like but, we're like maybe it's Ryan O'Rourke, maybe it's Damon yeah. Hunt, maybe it's Simon Johansson. But then he was the front runner to but me. But then also like you think about it, and it's like, well, yes, but like he was coming in as a rookie, but he wasn't. He's played in the American Hockey League before, so he's got a leg up. He's he understands what it's going to take. And he, granted, it's not a full season, and and you have to understand the ins and outs of it and that being a pro life but he knows the speed of the game he knows those small things that you, you couldn't get away with uh that you could get away with in juniors you can't get away with in the american hockey league so looking back on it you're like oh, oh yeah we should have seen this coming but you, you never do in hindsight's 2020 and that's life so and on top of it all fascinating kid uh with the the, the thrifts the thrift store shopping he does his social media a account the tattoos we're gonna get it. We are and gonna we're get going to get it. into it so uh let's segue into that now uh now a second year pro i have a wild defenseman and draft pick of the minnesota wild defenseman damon hunt Period two presented by Explore Minnesota, our interview with Damon Hunt. ExploreMinnesota.com is a source for your travel, ideas, events, and places to stay. Summer festivals, award-winning dining, tax-free shopping, and outdoor activities combine to create getaways that can only be found in Minnesota. Find endless ideas for the perfect summer getaway at ExploreMinnesota.com. 
You're getting good at those. I'm trying. You're getting good at those. Reading. Minnesota, a place that our guest wants to get to eventually full-time. I am wild defenseman from last season and Minnesota wild draft pick and one heck of a rookie defenseman uh, from last season for the Iowa wild. Damon Hunt is with us here today. Damon, all the way from, uh, let's see, you're in Calgary now. Brandon Manitoba was where you were born, but in Calgary right now for the off season, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Uh, yeah, I'm just up in uh, Calgary right now. Just, uh, enjoying summer training and, uh, enjoying my time right now. Well, we're looking forward to enjoying this time with you and thanks for parking some time for us. Uh, let's start with this one as we have for all, but one of our interviews, because I forgot Mm -hmm. Joey won't let me live it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is called riding the bus. Uh, and we like to put our listeners right on the bus. Like they'd be sitting on a bunk below you on the sleeper bus uh, for the Iowa wild Damon. What can you tell us from a great bus story? Doesn't have to be Iowa wild related. Could be from your time previously playing in the WHL, but what's a great bus story in the mind of Damon hunt. Yeah, I think there's there's been a lot of bus stories throughout my early career so far, but I think the one that stands out to me was this past season with Iowa. Um, we decided to fit the entire team and staff all in one bus, and when we went walked onto the bus, uh, it was an old sleeper bus, and you can kind of like turn the, the the chairs into beds. And so we tried to figure it out, and it uh, turns out there wasn't enough room for everyone. And us being the rookies up at the front, uh, we drove to the I-80, and I ended up lying in the aisle. And uh, so, like, there's a couple guys that were lying in the aisle, and then the coaching staff had to uh, bring out some chairs from inside the rink, and they're sitting on chairs. And I think, Ben, you might have been been doing that I, I kind of forget but uh and then we, once we got to the i-80 we we stopped for some food and uh we got a new bus but um yeah two hours three hours down the road and we're we've got some guys lying in the aisle because there's not enough spots so uh it's, it's pretty funny to look back look back at now well, little did I know that this podcast was going to cost me my job today. Apparently, yeah, jeez, I got me right under the bus, Hansi. I got to imagine you. Yeah, you, literally. You, I can imagine you guys just driving, getting to I eighty, and somewhere at some point on that bus, somebody turned around to you and said, "You got to figure this out and figure it out." So now. hold on here. So now it's my turn to to share to share my side of this story. <laughs> no, we don't need right. that. We don't need that. <laughs> Moving on. We can yeah, that. that screwed up. Way to go. No, incorrect. So. That sleeper bus only fits if we're really, really cramming it in there. We can probably go 20, 24 players, 25 players maybe. We could go like a really thin roster. And and then you have to include staff on there, which we travel with 11, but usually shaky. And uh, his equipment assistant travel in the the bus. Or, sorry, in the the team equipment truck. So you're looking at nine. So – they sent the wrong bus. Our bus company sent the wrong bus. And so when I was standing outside and I watched that bus roll in, my heart went into my throat and I went, this is not good. <laughs> not to mention on that trip, we had, uh, we had the, the Minnesota Wild uh, becoming, uh, becoming Wild staff videographers down. So we had oh, more this was, than we'd this normally have. was the, have. the GR yep. trip. Uh-huh. So the wrong bus showed up. So I was calling everybody and their brother to try to find – 
another bus. They left that part out of the Becoming Wild. Yeah, 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 they they did. They were kind to me on that one. <laughs> so uh, we yeah we we rectified it. It was a major curveball. There were a lot of unhappy campers. Uh, I may have been the most yeah. unhappy, although life, I, I couldn't life show Life in the it, AHL, that, yeah. that whole segment was life yeah. in the AHL. This is life. Don't Who cares about the games? Talk about this stuff. Yeah. This is great. Oh, thanks for that, Huntsy. I, I, I had blocked but, that one out of yeah. my memory from the season. But now I'm sitting here living in it again. That's great. Oh, very good. Very good. Yep. Hey, so I want to kick things off with you. Uh, back in, it might have been November when you had the conversation with Alec, but we put out an article in December talking about, you know, just – you as a person off the ice, but one of the things you talked about, you said you were waiting uh, for some very special delivery to come through the mail. You were waiting on a ring and a gold medal from Team Canada. Has that arrived yet? And if so, can we see it? It has arrived, yes. Uh, the gold medal I have, and uh, I got the ring in the mail about a month ago. Um, yeah, it, it was just like a regular box. That was uh, sitting on our doorstep, and we're like, well, I get, I get a lot of packages come in, so like, I don't know what it is. So we open it up, and uh, it's this huge ring. It's it's uh, it's very beautiful, and uh, yeah, it's it's an awesome ring. I can definitely show you guys. It's just downstairs right now in a nice little box they get they got with me too. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a very very special. We'll have him send some pictures after, yep. and then we can we can have Marquise throw those up yeah. over the top mm-hmm. of the YouTube video. I'd love to see them. Yeah. My initial question for you, Damon, uh, what a f- what a year for you to form who you are, not only a- as a player and as a person. And we want to get to both uh, over the next you know f- few minutes here that we chat. But who are you now that maybe? you weren't before the start of your first pro season. What, what has Damon, who is Damon Hunt now that Damon Hunt wasn't at the beginning of your first pro season, uh, beginning of 22, 23, what have you learned? Oh, well, I think I've just matured that much more. It's crazy how fast, uh, playing one pro year, you can develop not as a player, but as a person just maturing. Um, obviously I'm, I'm just out of my teenage years. I just turned 21, but um, I think just kind of looking at the older guys and becoming a pro, uh, that was really big for me. And, uh, yeah, I think just coming into next year, it's just going to be that much, um, not necessarily easier, but um, I've had that experience now. So um, it'll be a a good test for me at training camp coming up here in Minnesota, but... um, yeah, I think just uh, that maturity part of uh, both sides of the game. Guys talk about having to learn how to cook for themselves, to learn how to do laundry for themselves, these mundane things that adults have to learn. And it's difficult at times for, for players that have had billet families through the, the 18 to 19 years. Was there anything that jumped out to you living on your own where you went, boy, I don't know. I have no clue how to do this, or I, I needed to learn how to do this when you first walked into life on your own as a pro? Um, there's definitely some things. I, I was pretty spoiled in junior hockey with my Bella family. They were great. Uh, they did a lot of things for me. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is just cooking. Um, obviously, laundry, it, just growing up, I – my mom spoiled me too, but um, I know how to do laundry. <laughs> but uh, I think cooking, like, you got to be in the mood. And, you know, if it's if it's getting late and you don't want to cook a meal, it's, it's a little bit frustrating at times. But, um, 
I don't know, my mom got me some nice cookbooks with, with some healthy meals. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's, some days it was tough just to get up and actually cook myself some food. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't too bad. But besides that, I think it was, uh, it was pretty good. I, I handled myself pretty well. I feel like I always ask this question when guys start bringing up their cooking and whatnot. I knew but you were going here. Yeah, I was going to ask it then. I'm yeah. like, well, then I would be stealing Joey's <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah, it always comes up, but... Is there, do you have something that you're, I mean, it seems like you're still learning and find your way around the kitchen and whatnot. Is there something that you feel like you're, you could call like a staple, like a Damon Hunt staple in the kitchen? Yeah, a staple for me is either chicken and steak with rice and both. either broccoli or salad. So it's, it's pretty standard, but I mean, it gets the job done. Wait, chicken and steak, like the same meal, chicken and steak? <laughs> no, either either one okay, depends okay. what I'm feeling. Is there <laughs> is there something is there something you found in those cookbooks that your mom got you that's like, I this is I need to learn how to make this. This is on my to do list. Uh, not really. Not gonna lie, I didn't really touch it that much. <laughs> I hope your mom's but, not watching. Uh, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> thanks for the gift, mom. I have not looked at it once. That's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just. Uh, I definitely cooked some stuff out of there, but it, it's kind of hard to get all like the ingredients and stuff. So I just kind of, kind of wing it sometimes. I like it. So I think one of the, the pieces that we definitely want to talk about, and I know we touched on it in that article back when, but I, you're, you're, I want to talk about your style and kind of how that all came to be. Cause I think it's, 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 you got your own style. It's a unique style. So like you, you're big on going to thrift shops and finding stuff like that. It's like, where did, I guess, where did this all come from? Where did you, like, where did that kind of originate? You know, I'm not too sure. Uh, when I was younger, I was kind of always in fashion, and obviously not having a job and not making money when you're young, it's, you know, it was tough. So once I started making my own money, and um, I just kind of got into it, and uh, I think a lot of social media, it definitely influenced me a lot, um, but I mean, yeah, going to thrift shops is always always fun just to kind of look through things and find like a hidden gem or whatever. But um, uh, but yeah, I'd say just any 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 genre within like the streetwear um, and you know coming to the rink every morning, getting chirped is always <laughs> always always a good start to the morning. <laughs> but uh, you know, you just can't take it personally. You just gotta kind of rock it and and uh, just kind of do your own thing. <laughs> what's what's is there like? Uh, what's one of the best tr- that you can share? What's one of the best chirps you heard coming into the rink? And one who, day and who gave it to yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. There's been quite a bit. Um, Turner Onbright always gives me a hard time. He always asks, like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. What are you wearing? What is this? <laughs> and I have to, like, explain it to him. And he's like, all right, go on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, there's been so many guys that just kind of, like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I can just hear. But, I can uh, hear Otter. Just, whoa, whoa! Exactly. Hold on. Yeah. Before you go anywhere, that was a great Otter. Impression, yeah, that was good. Actually. That was good. I remember that one of the first times I met you, Damon, uh, and it would have been at uh, development camp, I believe. You had that great Led Zeppelin shirt on that you love wearing, and I'm, I'm a huge Led Zeppelin guy. So yeah. I was like, no way! Like this 19, 18 year old kid's a big Led Zeppelin guy. And I remember going up to him and saying, "Oh, it's <laughs> awesome! Like Led Zeppelin. Like, you know, what are some of your favorite songs?" He's like. Oh, I just like the way the shirt looks. Yeah. And I was just like, well, there's egg all over yeah. my face on that one. 
if if <laughs> if if you if there was going to be a fire in your closet and you knew it was coming and you had to pull three of these thrift store purchases out, what would those three things be? <laughs> you know what that Zed that Zed uh, shirt might be uh, up there. I've got a nice uh, old Tommy Hilfiger uh, hoodie. Uh, it's I pull it out once in a while, but uh, that Led Zeppelin, that Tommy Hilfiger, and uh, oh, I found a nice pair of Carhartt pants. Uh, they're brown. That's awesome. Uh, I've been wearing them a lot. Yeah, probably those ones. <laughs> if is it's this... tough though, like I got I got so so much stuff, it's hard to pick from. I feel like that's everybody with their closet. Yeah. I don't know if I, I'd have my a wife gives me so much grief. I have way more clothes than she does, and she never lets me hear the end of that. Yeah, it's yeah. tricky. Is that is that something for you that like? Obviously, you hockey is your kind of profession, but like, could you see yourself someday as like a side kind of passion project thing, like? trying to have your own line of clothing, designing clothes. Like, like, yeah, we yep. talked about Henrik. Yep. Henrik does that kind of stuff. Like, is that something you could see yourself doing, but maybe more in line with like the streetwear style that you really like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think once hockey's done and, and I'm done with the game, I think just you know, trying to be an entrepreneur and uh, getting into the fashion would be really fun. Obviously, that's down the road and things can change, but – it's funny you bring that up. I am actually trying to start a line right now, um, just with some t-shirts and hoodies. Um, that uh, it's called Fifty Two. I can throw you guys some pictures later. But um, I'm born on the fifth month of O two. That's my hockey number. So then it's uh, fifty, then the number two. And um, yeah, I've got my manufacturers lined up and. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a work in progress right now, and uh, it's been really fun. But uh, I'm sure you guys have more questions about it. But, yeah, yeah that, that's. I mean, that's that's awesome. that's unbelievable. Also, Warren, you're talking to the right guy. Like, yeah, this, this my, is the guy who's going to get behind this. I yeah, I don't know if you could. My mind started just running with yeah. it. I, a couple come, things yeah. come to mind. One, we should connect you with Kelsey, our merchandise manager, <laughs> to get some of the stuff in the store when it's ready. Two, we should we should have you help design just like a quick line of t-shirts at some point for the season for fans to buy i think that'd be awesome to do so that's just know that's coming down the pipe yeah. at some point if you're interested in it all right and uh, we'll we'll get that set up and off and running i'm sure kelsey would love that that sounds electric yeah you've got uh another another piece in that article that we talked about you talked about being a you know a big fan of art and having that kind of be a kind of motivation for where some of this stuff kind of comes from do you like consider yourself to be an artistic person? Like, can you draw? Are you skilled in the arts or are you just kind of a fan of that stuff? Uh, I mean, I'm a little bit talented with, um, drawing and just the overall general art. Um, I mean, I took all the art classes in high school, so, I mean, I definitely have a little bit of, uh, experience with it, but not a ton. I mean, I used to draw a lot as a kid, but, um, Obviously now, now it's you know, I'm not going to draw that. Um, yeah, I mean I'm definitely into you know the modern like paintings and stuff like that, and just kind of seeing what other people are doing throughout the whole art community. And I mean, there's a lot to go through. There's so many different types of paintings and drawings, so it's kind of hard to narrow it down. But yeah, I definitely enjoy it. So if we pop through like your apartment during the season, will we see you know works of art on the walls? Is it like that, or you're not at that point yet? 
Um, maybe. I mean, it's kind of tough to get a lot of art into like a non-permanent house where it's just my apartment. But uh, yeah, there definitely gonna be some pieces up on the wall. We'll see. <laughs> It would be it would be hilarious to just send Marquise to these guys' apartments and see how bare bones these things I'm telling are. You, it was just cribs, it'd be, it'd, just do an episode of cribs. But they'd all look the same. It yeah, would they just be would. like a bed and a kitchen, and <laughs> some would be missing yeah. very key appliances that you need to live and exist. We did that in San Jose once. We did a cribs episode. And it was just four French Canadian guys all living in a house together, and all their rooms were like it's a mattress on the floor, no box spring, and it's just it was just. You're just living. It looked like yeah. it was just like a college kind of <laughs> college dorm room. Yeah. Have you gotten any uh, new tattoos since the last time that we've seen you? Oh, jeez. Look at him. The answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've gotten one. One. It's it's on my right tricep. So. Well, yeah, you're going to have to explain a little bit yeah, more. What is it? Yeah, I mean, what yeah, are we doing? Here? Okay, next question. Yeah, thanks. Great. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's called a conscious energy grid it's pretty weird if you ask me but i really like the design of it and pretty much it means like everything that you experience in life is just kind of like mental so it's kind of like mental toughness and stuff but it's it's pretty complex so if you were to google it it's it's probably not what it means but um i kind of summarized it down to yeah to like it's like uh, this with the with the the skull, the brain, or the head? Is that oh, right? He's, he's gonna like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Yeah. So nice. it's it's like a head, and there's a bunch of, like, lines going around it. But, yeah. How many is that now? Was that 17, 16? I know we did the feature on you during the season. I forget yeah. what the number was. I think it's 17 now. I was say 17. Yeah. Man, look at me with that number. 16. Pulled that out. Yeah, wow. Impressive. That's impressive. Really impressive. Um <laughs> If there, if money was no object for you, which hopefully someday it's not, you continue with this hockey career of yours, nice long NHL career, the, the 52 brand takes off. Is there a tattoo that you'd like, if you could just like drop any amount of money on a tattoo, do you have an idea in mind of what you do with that? Like to get just the ultimate tattoo is, is there an ultimate tattoo for you? Or is it kind of, you just, as you go, you come up with things and then you, you, you grab some more ink. It's your face on his back. <laughs> Like Steve-O. <laughs> That'd be alarming. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I I, I just kind of like go with the flow when it comes to tattoos. Like they'll come to me and I have to think about it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's let's get it done. But uh, maybe like, uh, like a really big back piece. There's a lot of space on the back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to get, to get a really big, nice piece done and... Who who knows? Fly to wherever and get it done by a famous artist would be pretty special. But it's never too late to. Get, I don't know. I just kind of go. Yeah. It's never too late to get the ride in the bus logo with him on it on yeah. his back. Yeah, we it's can never, get it's that never, to you. It's never too late. We can get that to you. Yeah, we, we, know, we know. We know. We know. A graphic guy. designer. Yeah, we, we know. Can get that to you. <laughs> um, uh, you, you. You talked about the mental toughness side and. And I do want to talk some hockey, even though we could spend 45 minutes talking to just Damon Hunt, the artist, the tattoo, uh, the tattoo fanatic, the, the clothing designer. Um, the, one thing that just blew me away this year, Damon, with you, 20 years old, playing heavy minutes in the American Hockey League and playing against top lines. What did you learn about yourself as a player this year? Because you were a little bit thrown into the fire, and boy, did you learn how to swim through those flames. 
Yeah, there was definitely a lot of ups and downs this year. Um, again, just learning from my mistakes throughout the year. I know I'm not going to be perfect, and I'm, everyone makes mistakes out there. And uh, as the year progressed, I found I just got better. And it's crazy how fast you get comfortable with a game. And, um, yeah, I just kind of came to drink every day with a with a right attitude and and uh, just worked as hard as I could. And, yeah, I guess you could say I did get thrown into the fire a bit, playing big minutes against top lines and learning to shut them down. And um, I found my way onto the power play at the end of the year and then uh, I was killing penalties as well. And, um, yeah, it was definitely a big learning experience for me. But, um, yeah, and then I got sick. Mm-hmm. And, in February, which was really tough. I couldn't even get on my bed for the first week. It was just brutal. And then I kind of came back. I think I personally thought I came back a little bit too soon. Um, the sickness hit me pretty hard. And then uh, and from there, it kind of took off. And then things ramped up, and then playoffs hit. And uh, I thought I played really, really solid in that those last two games against Texas. And then uh, in the playoffs against Rockford, obviously didn't go our way, but two overtime losses, kind of a coin flip in overtime. And yeah. I thought I played really well. And um, yeah, just an unfortunate ending. I think I thought we could have won, but personally I thought the year went really well. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. And I, I just played as hard as I could and um, took advantage of the coaching and uh, just went out there and played my game. Speaking of coaching, and he may or may not have gotten to this yet, but uh, Brett McLean, the, the new head coach of the Iowa Wild, has he has he reached out yet? Have you had any conversations with him yet? It's been relatively recent, so mm-hmm. if he hasn't, I hope nobody goes. Well, why isn't he calling his players? But you know, have you have you talked to Brett at all yet about? Um, I'm sure it'd be pretty preliminary talks, but have you talked to him at all since the naming? I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't got a chance to reach out to him. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. For him, uh, a little bit of a fresh start here for everyone, and uh, I got to be with him a little bit when I was up in Mini for uh, some preseason games, and then uh, black gazing a little bit. I didn't see him a bunch, but um, yeah, seems like a great dude, and I'm really excited. Expectations for year two. What are they for you in, in terms of you know, wh- where what what? What heights can you see yourself climbing to in year two uh, with the Wild organization? My expectations for myself um, clearly are is to, is to make the Minnesota Wild this upcoming season. It's definitely possible. Um, I just have to believe myself and uh, train hard every single day. And uh, once I get to camp, just uh, compete and uh, – the rest will take care of itself, but um, whether that comes this season or the season after or whenever, uh, I do truly believe myself that I can make the, that team uh, this upcoming season. No, keeping like having that in mind and putting in all the work in the off season. Like, what does the normal day in the off season look like for you when it's let's just, let's say it's full with with training and stuff like that? What's that day look like? Yeah, it's uh, Monday to Saturday. Um, in the gym for about two hours a day. Um, crash conditioning is my gym. It's, it's just a hockey gym, 
and uh, it's a great atmosphere in there. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, I'm skating two times a week right now. I'm not touching the ice too much. I, I don't really like to skate too early in the, in the, in the summer. Just, uh, I just don't tire myself for the, the season coming up, and then once later later on in the season, things ramp up and kind of skate more. But um, they're hard workouts. They're intense, and uh, it's a great atmosphere in there. But uh, it's it's not much of an off season or summer when you're when you're training like this every single day. But um, it's my job, and uh, and I love it. <laughs> Have you had a moment? I, I want to go back to what you said before that. I think about we're all chasing something here, right? And I'm chasing something, and you're chasing something, and Joey's chasing something. But you, what you just said said so well. I believe that I can make the Minnesota Wild next season, and damn rights you can. Have you had a second to think about how cool it is that you can say that with such confidence in your hockey career? I mean, come on. Like, that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, it's almost there. It's right there. I just got to do a little bit more. And, uh, and I, yeah, I definitely could uh, crack that squad someday. But, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's very special to say, Ben. It's um tumbling it's 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 awesome to one day possibly play for the Minnesota Wild yeah one of the things down obviously we are all on board with that we hope you make make the big club and 100%. whatnot and if there and I think parts of the ebbs and flows of having a young career there's probably going to be times where you, you you spend some time down here still and I think coming into this season we're going to have I mean we had a really young team last year we got an even younger team this year a lot of young you know prospects coming in on the blue line as well and it's, it's obviously it's going to be a competitive night in night out similar to how it was this year but you know we talked about this a little bit like an odd strange way you're you're almost a veteran <laughs> given the fact that we have so many young guys coming in you've got this full year of experience you played part of the 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 COVID season here too so how are you you know what's the I guess you know what's the approach you're taking and how are you gonna you know help some of these younger guys adjust to the pro game kind of how people helped you mm-hmm. yeah it's the, it's for sure a competitive environment because we're all a team but at the same time everybody wants to you know overplay the other guy and um everyone wants to make the nhl but uh at the same time you have to have that good team team mentality and uh sometimes it can be tricky for sure and uh yeah i'm it's only my second year pro and uh, but at the same time, I've got that year under my belt, and um, I may be one of the technically older guys in the room with all the younger guys coming in. But, um, yeah, I think you just really have to be supportive. You really have to push each other in a healthy way uh, to get each other better. But, um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting year for sure. And, again, there's going to be lots of ups and downs, but I think you just have to stay positive and stick to to the ways that the coaches are teaching us and um, just enjoy it too and uh, everything will take care of itself. You alluded to this late in the season. We had a pregame interview at one point, <clears throat> you and I, Damon, and I, so I'd imagine I know the answer, but let's get an even longer-winded answer on it. Is offensive contribution an expectation for you next season? Because you showed us the shutdown. You showed us the minute eater, the first pass, the heavy minutes, the heavy play, you showed that. Is chipping in offensively on a more consistent basis, is that a part of your plan for year two as well? Absolutely it is, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I was not that happy offensively for myself this past season, but 
um, again, rookie season, it's just kind of feeling it out and getting used to the hockey. And, and now I know what it's all about and just, uh, yeah, just kind of being part of the offense more. And, uh, it's not easy to produce points in the AHL. It really isn't. So, uh, just trying to find my way offensively a bit more this upcoming season would be really nice. You talked about the off season and, and when you're working out constantly, it's it's not much of a, a summer and not a ton of downtime. But are you getting some downtime to at least be able to take some trips and, and have some time to decompress or maybe you've already be done that? Be a twenty one year old. Yeah, guy. like are you are you going anywhere <laughs> exciting coming up or is there have you gone anywhere exciting? Um yeah, I went to Mexico City for a week. Oh, wow. uh, that was a nice little trip. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really nice down there. Um, probably wouldn't go again because there was no ocean, and I really want an ocean. <laughs> but uh, the the city was really nice, and for the rest the rest of the summer, I think it's just um, golfing around here, hanging out with my buddies. I'm gonna go to Kelowna with my family. Um, later in july but um for those that don't know Kelowna is a it's, a it's like a lake town it's very beautiful um it's it's an awesome place to be but um nick batan lives that lives there actually um but uh besides that not too much going on here i have been to Kelowna. it is beautiful that's what i it's hear gorgeous, gorgeous i've heard, talked yeah. to a lot of players who are yeah. from there like you go to visit there and it's just just great things magnificent magnificent how's your golf game yeah oh it's okay <laughs> have you broken any any more putters recently no no i've, I've got a new one and it's my baby now i'm taking care of it yeah. <laughs> good uh, but ups and downs obviously with the golf game but uh broke i hit oh 89 which was nice the other day so i'm happy with that Breaking, I'm still trying to break 90. You're, Get, you're working soon. on it. We're getting you're there. Working on Someday it. soon. Yeah. Yeah. One of the that <laughs> I was referen- referencing the putter issue. We had that interview that Jesper did with you so elegantly um, up <laughs> with the Black Aces. But uh, one of the things you mentioned is your celebrity crush was Angelina Jolie. Do you have like a favorite Angelina Jolie movie that comes to mind when you're like, yep, she's the one. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That seems like a front runner. If you were to pick, like, it's a good movie. Yeah, quintessential Angelina Jolie, that would come to mind for me as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a great flick. I like that. I don't think I've ever there, seen there it start to finish. So many. Oh, I recommend it. Yeah, it's a pretty good show, but uh, there's so many with her. I don't. It's hard to pick, right? <laughs> Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. That's early. Wanted. She was in Want. Right. Oh yeah, the oh, Ben yeah. the Bullet. The yeah. Ben the Bullet movie. Yeah. Um, I only have two final questions for you, Hansi, and I, I want you to have some fun with these. You're, you're a style guru as much as Turner Ottenbright may say you're not. Um, if you had to say of guys coming back, uh, best style, worst style, who you got? And you can't say yourself. What? <laughs> <laughs> Cut it. Clip. That's your, uh, yeah. that's your teaser. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh best style probably pd nick Patan. yeah um he's got some good good, good style uh worst style it's pretty obvious do i want to say it yep turn it on right 
There you go. <laughs> Tough. Tough. What's the worst? What's the worst thing you've seen Turner Ottenbright wear? I don't even know. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and is this is this a, a genuine? Otter's got the worst style. Or is this this guy gave me so much so much flack nonstop that I just had to give it back to him. It's it's a bit of both because he like he rips me for the clothes I wear, but then he walks into the rink and it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, but I'm not gonna say anything because I'm I'm the young guy and I gotta respect him. So he's above that. Take the high road. That, Take the yeah, high road. Yeah, and I don't want to say anything to Otter, or else he'll just turn around and give it to me. Respect it. So. He'll come march. He'll come marching over from Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my last question, um, and I, you may not want to reveal some of your favorite spots, but is there, uh, you know, having been here for a year now, have you found any nice little, uh, you know, small boutiques, thrift shops, anything that you really like in the Des Moines area that you want to reveal your sources, or are there some you want to probably keep closer to the vest so nobody takes them over? No, I'm not. I'm not going to gatekeep anything here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, there's a place over in East Village. Um, it's it's actually weird. I found it. I think Adam Beckman actually uh, gave it to me. But it's in uh it's in a basement, and there's like no signs. It's like it's perfect. But uh, I forget wow. what it's called. And I, and I'm I'm not, yeah. I, it's purposeful forgetting. I forget yeah, what it's yeah. called. I'm not going to gatekeep. Yeah. Don't there, know you the name there you go. There you go. <laughs> but it, it's a great little spot. Uh, it's over in East Village, and then besides that, I mean, nothing crazy. I pretty much get everything online if I was to buy any any clothes, kind of. But um, yeah, we'll we'll try to squeeze that out. Where Bex is our next uh, our next guest, so we'll try to squeeze that out of him when we have him on in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll see yeah. if we can't. We'll see. Yeah, if there we can you get go. Yeah. <laughs> Hansi, did 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 we get to any? Did we miss anything? Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? This has been just terrific. We've really had a blast. Awesome. Um, just one, Ben. How was your vacation? Where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, uh, Damon. Uh, you should almost you should almost uh, lead into why you wanted to ask about that because I know this is has to do with me texting the group about something else and saying, I'm gone on vacation. And then Petey responding with, Hey Ben, have a great vacation in the, in the group chat about a month ago. (laughs) There you go. Glad you caught on. Yeah. 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 No, we had a nice trip. Uh, Savannah, Atlanta to see one of my best friends from high school and his wife and kids. And then we went to Savannah, uh, and Georgia and had a, a very, very nice trip. My wife and I, it was, it was great. We, so thank you for asking. We had a lovely time. Yeah. Ate some great food, got to the beach, uh, saw a lot of, uh, civil war and revolutionary war sites, which is big for me. So it was very nice. I would recommend Savannah. It was a wonderful place. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Hansi, this has been just terrific, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, We'll look forward to watching uh, the progression of Damon Hunt, the hockey player, and the uh, the fashionista, and the evolution of uh, f- fifty two, right? Fifty two. Fifty two. We're going to be, go. mo- be seeing more fifty two. The wheels are yeah, spinning over that's, there. That's that's going to happen. Awesome. Be on the lookout. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
A big thanks to Damon Hunt for parking some time for us here today and for sharing so much. And really, as we talked about and as we teased, just such a fascinating guy. And he's going to be someone that is really entertaining to watch his career play out, not only as the player, but as the person, especially in a time as we got to a little bit in that chat. Now more than ever, you're seeing the NHL and you're seeing players start to realize the power of their brand. Mm -hmm. And he's almost a part of that first generation of players that that's how it's always been. Some of the older players, you think about like a PK Subban, who's really made a, or even a Henrik Lundqvist, you could say with his clothing line, you've seen them brand out and utilize their names in such a way, but they had to learn that. Damon Hunt is a part of the class. It's natural. And and social media has always existed in Damon Hunt's Mm -hmm. life and the ability to have a voice throughout the entire international scope through social media, et cetera. That's always been around for him. So I'm excited to, I I've, I've, I've waxed on about what I think about him as the player, but almost right there with it for me is, is what's he going to do with who he is as a person. I, that's a yeah. really interesting one for me and, and where he's going to play that out. Cause I think he's someone that is just so interesting on so many different levels. Um, yeah. Along that same line, I just think like, and it maybe he's, kind of by nature but he is kind of a quieter mm-hmm. person but hopefully it's someone we can kind of break out of his shell a little bit more i think we saw some of that which i mean we definitely saw that with jesper especially when he took over up and and with the black aces and put the microphone in his hand but we saw some, for my job but we saw some of that come out when he was talking with 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 damon so like hopefully we can bring more of that out and guys are year twos obviously like you said you see big jumps but they're just more comfortable in general yeah. so the hope is that we can we can see some more of that come out because um, the personalities, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest question that fans always have. You know, what's everybody like? Everybody sees them on the ice. It's the off the ice stuff that everybody wants to know more about. So it'll be interesting to see how he opens up in that way as well. And like you brought up, he's all of a sudden going to be the guy that other defensemen are looking to. Yeah, which is, <laughs> right? it's, it's, it is, as it's a, a 21 year old, wild yeah, thing to think yeah. about. And a 21 year old, like a year and, a quarter of a year's experience under his belt. But yeah, he's for better or worse, a vet at this point, mm-hmm. given the, the youth in our group, especially on the blue line. So the spotlight there on Damon hunt. And speaking of spotlights, one idea that you had during the season for our off season portion of riding the bus was, which I'm glad you brought up. Cause I would have forgotten about it. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. The amount of times support each other the amount of times you've reminded me of something that I forget about. That's why my phone is always full of just multiple alarms going off throughout the course of the day. It drives my wife nuts. Staff spotlights and helping our fans get to know, not from a, 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 we're not going to have them be our guests on the show, um, but five, 10 minutes here, five, 10 minutes there with some of our staff and helping to introduce them to our fan base because I, I think, not necessarily for all the fans, but for a lot of fans and people that come to this building, and you could even say this about the players too, not, most people don't know all that goes into this place. Yep. And we're blessed with a very big staff compared to a lot of American League teams. So there's a yep. lot of people that have a lot of different responsibilities and they throw that into the cauldron and you stir it around and then you play it out on the ice and mm-hmm. you see what happens, which is a riveting top-notch professional feel to a gamesmanship, to the show, to the ticket venues, to being a season ticket holder. Um, so there, there are stories, there are people, there are personalities that 
We think we have a platform here to showcase that. It was a great idea. I signed right off on it. And so we'll start moving that in here uh, throughout the course of the offseason as well. Yeah, it'll be just, I mean, I think a lot of our fans have become familiar with, with members of the staff, especially on the ticket side. They're people they interact with constantly. But there's probably a lot of people in our front office who people don't know as much about. And similar to guys we talk to on the podcast who all have their journeys through hockey and how they got to where they are. Everybody in our office has a similar, not similar in that sense, but they've got like a story on how they got in the position they're in. Everybody's got a different background. My journey to working sports is completely different than what someone else's journey might be. So it'll be cool to dive into that and just get to know people a little bit more on just, uh, you know, what makes you tick? What are some of the things you enjoy doing? And, you know, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? I think that's a big one too for fans. Not like you said, not knowing the full scope. I think a lot of people see game days and, and that's kind of your vision of, of what goes on. But I get questions constantly. What's the off season like for you? What are you working on when there's not games? So like, that's a thing that I think people have some curiosity about. So it'll be cool to um, tap into that with some of these people. That is a great question. And it's so true. I, I get so many questions. The season's done, and they're like, so you're just... You just go home, right? You're done? And it's like, I wish that was the case, but no. Okay, see you guys in October. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's so true. How do you answer that? Because uh, there's to, for me, there's the, there's the Cliff Notes version. Depends on who I'm talking with. Mm-hmm. But, you, for example, it, last weekend, had, had a, a guy's weekend with a lot of friends, guys that I play college hockey with that I've known for a while, so they're going to get the longer version. Yeah. Not, I, not that you have to give either or, but what's your typical response for that in, in what your off season looks like? Yeah, it, I, I, I say, you know, no, I don't get to go home. Um, well, like I get to go home. I'm, I have vacation time and stuff yeah. like that. It's, There's the only off- one time to use it, and it's during the yeah, off season. Yeah, I mean, the off season is <laughs> nice because it is a time where you, what I tell people, it's a time where you can decompress and you mm-hmm. can take that PTO and, and take that time off because the season is such a grind. Um the biggest thing about the off season is it's it's still very busy. It's just busy in a completely different way. You're not working towards games and and you know you're not losing hours during the week because you got a a game in the middle of the, um, in, the, in the middle of it. It's it's you know we're in full like the season ended. We started preparations for the 23-24 season. What felt like instantly. We might have taken a couple weeks off, but been actively working to try and get us ahead on some of that stuff so it doesn't feel like when we get into late july and august that we're scrambling because but ine- it inevitably feeling. will no matter how always, per- it's not weird how that yeah, works that there's way. certain aspects that do but for the most part we should be able to get ahead of it i think mm-hmm. we're well ahead in some of our planning than we have been in the past um we had some good ideas and at some point you get to a point in the off season where you're just waiting because you, you can only do so much before the schedule comes out and then once the schedule comes out, that's when you can start plugging and placing the rest of your promotions and giveaways and things like that. But we've got some of our ideas. We know some of the things we kind of want to do on a giveaway front. So you start getting some quotes, get some numbers. A lot of the off season is budgeting and preparing for yeah. what that's going to look like for the next season. Um, on my end, I'm working with our media partners and trying to find more media partners to work with. So there's always something happening. It's busy. It's just in a different way. It's not, it's, it's a more normal nine to five than it is during the season. Um, so I think that's the the biggest thing 
that I tell people. Probably not that long-winded, but. <laughs> and there's ebbs and flows to mm-hmm. it. I think that's the one thing with the season is you pretty much, the season starts, you put your foot on the floor, and then. And it goes, just, and, stop. Yeah, where in the off-season, I always describe it, May is, there's always the initial dismount where you got to get your ducks in a row. You have to recap the season a little bit. Yeah. What went right? What What do you want to do better? Um, and then you maybe, I have like you, there's you, like milestone markers I feel like throughout the off season. That's a great way to put it's it. Your your yeah at the beginning it's like it's your your decompression yeah, point post mortem wrap up the season mm-hmm. go over things what went well what didn't go well what do we want to change what do we want to adjust and then you hit that you know that that June period where it's like this is. I think June is when it's it's really at its slowest. Yeah, it's there's, a lull. It's, it's a lull. There's preparation and planning there, um, but that's when it's I think it's it's at the most standstill point in the off season. Then you get July, and your your benchmark there is you get development camp, which is right after the draft, mm-hmm. which flows into the schedule coming out at some point in July, hopefully. And right? free agency. August. And free agency. Yep. So like that's a, that's a marker in itself. And that month goes quick. And that yep. month goes fast. You get fast. through, the schedule comes out. That's like the big thing that we work for in July. And then you get into August, and here, you know, your benchmark is then, you know, your state fair. We start talking when do we want to release promo schedules, single game tickets, and those things. You get through that in August. Then you're at you know, your prospect camp and showcase. It's, it's over then. And then it's, it's done. But the minute you, the minute you hit that, it, it rolls into camp. And, yeah, it's and done. that's like yeah, the season it's, it's started. Done. So, like, yeah. those, that's like your last hurdle. Prospect camp is the last hurdle. I kind of don't even like it, talking about it right now in June. I still, I have, to, I still have to enjoy you my to summer, the, Joey. You get to the prospect <laughs> camp, and then once prospect camp is done, that's when it rolls into the regular camp, and that one I feel like is when the season starts yeah. officially. Prospect camp to me still feels like summer. I know it's like work, but camp is like we're here, and it's officially the season ready to go. So yeah. those are kind of the markers that I look towards from like the working standpoint. Yep, I think you nailed it. I think it's – post-mortem of the season, start planning for the next season, and then you begin executing mm-hmm. on the next season. Those are almost – that's the most generic way I describe it to people is the end of the year, then you start planning, and then you start executing. Because if you don't, you're in trouble in September. Yep. yep. And <laughs> you're, yeah, it, you're in really big trouble. We've I've scrambled before yeah. here and other jobs. Yeah. And it's, just, it's nice to have your footing and not have to do that. Because um, there's always something that you couldn't plan for that comes up. Every single time. So you have to give yourself the space and the mm-hmm. time to execute on that. And, and if you don't, you're going to be going, why did I not get yeah. this you'll thing done yourself, that I'm working on you'll now? You'll thank yourself later yep. if you do That it. day in June where you wanted to go, I don't need to stay till 5. Yeah, you're gonna be happy you did when you stayed and got that one yeah. thing done, and then you check it off the list for for that unforeseen thing yeah. that's going to that's that's lurking out there right yeah. now in the, in the yeah, universe that's going to hit you yeah. and me and both of us at some point. Just waiting in September. Waiting yeah, who knows strike. what that's going waiting to be? For the right moment Oof, makes me shudder. Yeah. Um, getting towards the end of our our, our podcast here. Um, what do we want to get to before we officially put a pin in episode 19, almost to episode 20? How about that, Joey? Well, episode 20 should be a good one. I yes, think we it should a, be. We got a guest who's coming on board the bus who... I got a lot uh, of questions. I got a lot of questions. And I, a lot of them are based off of what other people have said. Yeah, I've, said I've got about this so guy. many questions. And this is one where like, we're going to have to... I, I need to know well in advance what's the day that we're recording going to shoot this because I need to do like my thorough research yeah. because this is someone who... Um, everybody has talked about when we've had them on as a guest, um, probably one of the more 
boisterous uh, personalities we have. It's Adam Beckman, so um, we're going to bring him on the bus. And, and, I mean, this is one we try to stick most of our interviews is like ah, 30, 45 minutes. I don't know how long I this really is going to go. I really hope we go for a really long time. And if it goes him. for a long time, then you're going to get two parts. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. But um, I'm very excited to talk to him. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get him on the podcast. Um, but it should be should be a good one. Adam is such an interesting one to me, and I'm so excited to see how it's going to play out because he, when when he first got here, the one thing – I've learned very quickly is there are there's the Jesper Volsteds who just are naturally inclined to be good on camera for whatever mm-hmm. reason they're just built that way. Um, uh, Dakota Mermis, although I didn't know him when he was young, but he he's extremely personable, well spoken. The Adam Beckman that all of all of these players, the stories they tell early on, he. Clammed up is maybe too strong of a word, but he 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 would suppress all of that, yeah. and he would get very kind of pucks and deep ish, if that makes sense yeah. to our listeners. Where this year, I remember there was a point in Milwaukee where I did an interview with him, and I and we got done, and I said, "You have gotten so much better at this in the last year and change of you and I sitting and doing these things, where you're you're now you're giving us actual something we can sink our teeth into, yeah. and not just going through the motions, and so." I hope we can, and this will be our this will be our responsibility. This is yeah. not Adam's. This is no. you. This is we'll you bring, and I. Yeah, we'll bring it out of It him. is our responsibility yep. to get that Adam Beckman yep. on. And if we do, and if we do our jobs, I think our fans are in for a wonderful episode. And we'll know exactly when it happens because, like, I've I've seen him interact in both ways. I've yeah. seen him interact where he's more reserved, a little bit quieter, and 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 polished isn't the word, but more like buttoned up. Sure. But I've also seen like the loose and fun side, oh. and you'll know. There's, it's hard. Like there's like a look almost that you can see come across <laughs> his face. But like, and Marquise is nodding. I didn't know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking too. about. Yeah. You can, you you know when you've gotten that, mm-hmm. and we'll be sure to bring that out. Um, I would have no doubts about that. So we have our work cut out for us uh, with our next episode coming up here in a few weeks. But uh, that's it for episode 19. A big thank you to Jeremy Core and Executive Podcast Solutions, to Marquise Jones for editing this monstrosity together, and my partner Joey Goldstein. Uh, for all of us here at the Eye of a Wild and for all of us that made this possible, I'm Ben Gislason. He's Joey Goldstein. And as always, two honks for the win. Thanks, Explore Minnesota. Minnesota.